Turn in your Bible to Luke 24. Luke chapter 24. Hold your place there. And I promise you I won't be too long. But I do believe today is a day of destiny for all of us. As we focus on the death, burial, and ultimate resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to make a bold declaration today. Because in this room, there are all kinds of folks they're believers, non-believers, people who are kind of rock, paper, scissors on whether or not they really believe this message. But I, I came to tell you that this book is not just a history book. This is his story. And all of this that I hold in my hand and that I read to you today is true and righteous altogether. In fact, it, the Bible says that the Word of God was breathed out of the nostrils of God. It was inspired by God. And I want to begin today's message by letting you know that this book is real. This book is true. I hold in my hand the Word of Almighty God. And if the Word of God, uh, uh, if, if that be true, and it is, we should listen, apply, and learn from what God has to say to us today. With that in mind, let's pray and let's ask God. In fact, I'm asking God to open every heart to hear what He's saying to us today. So let's pray. Father, we thank You for the ministry of the Word of God. We believe this is Your Word. This is not man's Word. We believe this is Your Word, that You inspired just men of flesh and blood by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Your Word, and they wrote it down. And we receive it just like that today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, over the past few Sundays, I've been sharing a series called Seek Him. And I'll share just a little bit more about that, but I'm going to close that series out with a message from Luke 24 uh, and an angelic declaration that, that talks about seeking Him. But let me build the foundation. You know, in Jeremiah 29, 11, most all Christians have learned to know this verse. It says this, God speaks to the children of Israel and He says, I know the, the, the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Everyone knows that verse. Everybody goes, thank you, Jesus, for the future and a hope. Now, that message in, that, in, in the Jeremiah 29 was spoken to the children of Israel when they were still in Babylonian captivity. Everyone say Babylonian captivity. They were suffering under a 70-year prison sentence by God, in a sense, because of their idolatry. But even in the middle of their trouble, even in the middle of their trauma, even in the middle of their bondage, God shows up and He says, I've got good thoughts toward you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. How many of you know, it doesn't matter what you're going through, God has a plan for your life. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter the circumstances of your life. Come on, I'm just talking to you today for a moment. I may jump in and preach here in a minute. But regardless of what's going on in and around your world, God has a good thought toward you. And he, he has a future and a plan and a desire for you. But the second verse, which is actually verse 12, which you see here today, it's our part in plugging into God's purpose and plan. Let's read it together. Everyone out loud and proud. Here we go. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me. And I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me. When you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord. Just because God has a plan for your life 
doesn't guarantee your safe arrival. We've got to seek Him. Everyone say, seek Him. And the Bible says here, and the promise is, if we seek Him with all our heart, He will find us. We'll be found uh, by you. He says, I'll be found by you, says the Lord. So I came up with this big idea. Everyone say, what's the big idea? This has been the big idea. I really believe it's true, and it's, it is this. It says, in order for the promise and plan of God, to unfold in any believer's life, really in anybody's life, it normally requires the cooperation and commitment of a consistent and a wholehearted and faith-filled prayer life. That's what I'm learning more and more. If we don't seek Him, we will not find Him. And if we think we can just walk into the blessing and the provision and the purpose and the plan of God for our life, Without going back to Jeremiah 29, 11, and 12 and say, I'm going, to be, I'm going to live a life that's seeking after God, that is submitting and surrendering to God. And my life is going to focus on seeking Him and His will and purpose and plan for my life. If that's not the case, we will not arrive at God's purpose and destiny for our life. Could it get a better amen? So that's been the big idea all month long is that God is calling us to seek Him. And to become men and women who seek after Him. And again, regardless of where you are in life, if you, and here's another promise from Jeremiah 33, 3, the, the Bible says, call, God says, call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, which you know not. So that's been our focus. Now this morning on Easter Sunday, I want to look in Luke chapter 24, and I want you to follow along with me. We're going to read the beginning uh, of the chapter down to uh, verse 12. And it says this. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning. Now pause and look up. i got to say this. How many of you know Sunday's not the weekend? It's the week beginning. And while I have your undivided attention for a moment, let me just throw this out at you. The Bible teaches us that God deserves and desires the first fruits of everything we have. Not just our money, but our time. And I want to encourage you in something to realize that next Sunday, which is not Easter, we'll be right back here again. And I would encourage you to make a choice and a commitment to say, you know what? I'm going to give the first fruits of my week to God. I'm going to show up in church. I'm going to worship Him with my whole heart. I'm going to give not only my resources, but my time. I'm going to come and worship Him and fellowship with the saints of God. I want to invite you to be back next Sunday because Sunday's not the weekend. Look at your neighbor and say, Sunday's not the weekend. Sunday's the week beginning. Let's begin our week next week, just like you're beginning your week this week. And let's enjoy the presence of God together. It says, now on the first day of the week, every er, very early in the morning, and a, uh, and a certain, uh, uh, pardon me, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the tomb, or the stone was rolled away from the tomb. Tell somebody else, big stones still roll. You know, they were surprised. They were, could be even shocked. They could have thought, we're entering into a crime scene here. Because understand something, the stone had the Roman seal on it. That if anyone broke the seal, they, were, they would get the death penalty. And these little ladies found the stone had been rolled away. And it goes on to say, then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, now catch this, this is, you gotta, you gotta picture this in your mind. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. 
How many of you got your divine imagination on? Here they are, pardon me, nervous, early in the morning. They were coming to prepare the body of Jesus because, if you know, because of Passover, they could not do that. And so they, they were prepared to return as, as the, early in the morning on the first day of the week. And they come back and the stone has been rolled away. And they step inside. And from my reading of Scripture, two angels just kind of showed up in their midst. Everybody go, da-da. Now, here's what these ladies did. And as they were afraid, then as they were afraid, they bowed their faces to the earth. And they said to them, now, so listen, when angels show up, it's a pretty amazing experience. And they bowed down, and here's what the angels said to them. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Tell somebody that. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Come on, say it out loud. Ask somebody, why, why do you seek the living among the dead? We're going to talk about that in a minute. He makes a bold declaration. He says, why are you seeking the living among the dead? And then he makes this declaration. He is not here, but he is risen. Now, I've been there. I know. I peeked inside. And I, can come, I came to testify. He's not there. He is risen, just as he said. But these little ladies, they had good intentions. They had righteous intentions. But the angels came to them and they said, Why do you seek the living among the dead? In other words, you're looking in the wrong place for life. These ladies had righteous intentions, but understand something. The angels made a declaration that I think you and I can latch on to today that we need to ask ourselves the same question. Why do we seek the living things among the dead things? Why do you seek the living among the dead? That's the way the world we live in is. And, and, and because of that, let me just say, uh, this is my thought for the day. That could be dangerous. How many of you sometimes you gotta, you got to watch what you... Here's my thought for you today. And it is basically this. There is a world of people seeking life, joy, and peace in all the wrong places. Everybody say Selah that a minute. Selah. That's a Hebrew word. It means to stop and think on that. If you read through Psalms, sometimes you see that word Selah. You wonder, what's Selah? It means stop and think about that. And I think the angels may have said that to these ladies just for us this morning to think and ponder about what, where am I looking, what am I looking for in life? And I believe there's a world of people. I've met some of them. I know they're seeking for life and joy and peace in all the wrong places. In a very real sense, they're seeking and looking for life in the place of death. Things that are dead, things that have no life. Looking for life in the midst of death. Living in the graveyard of the lifeless. And let me just say to you about this world. This world is not a place where you can find life. In fact, did you know life on planet earth is terminal? Not just for you. But planet Earth is terminal. My Bible tells me this whole world will melt with a fervent heat. And what I've learned through life and I've learned through, through the Scripture is that the, the life we live today, the place of planet Earth and all the things in the Earth other than 
God's kingdom and His purpose and plan. They do not provide you life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In fact, 1 John chapter 2, if you want to turn there, John shared this with us uh, in a very real sense. He just kind of laid it on the line. He said this in chapter 2. He said, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. In other words, you can't love the world and the things of this world and love God at the same time. And we live in this world that is looking for love, if you will, in all the wrong places, looking for peace and joy and happiness in all the wrong places. And John comes along and he says in verse 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And oh, by the way, this world is passing away. And the lust of it, but he who does the will of the Father will live forever. So you see, we live in a world that I believe God is asking us and asking this world the same question. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Why are you spending all your time and energy in the graveyard trying to find life and happiness and joy? That's what I've learned and what I'm learning. In fact, this whole world is a graveyard. Many people are looking for happiness and peace and life in all the wrong places. Many look to this world's possessions and money to provide them life and peace and joy. And if we're not careful, we'll do the same thing. In fact, there was a a sorcerer in Acts chapter 8, verse 20. You can read it later. The power of the Holy, or pardon me, the gospel of Jesus Christ had been poured out on Samaria. People were getting born again. The church in Jerusalem sent, uh, uh, I think, Peter and John down there to check it out. And sure enough, this church was popping and hopping, but they had not heard of the power and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so they began to pray for them, and they laid their hands on them. And the Bible says the new believers in Samaria began to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They got baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know the power of God's still real today? And Simon the sorcerer, he saw this and he went, Shazam. Everybody go, Shazam. He really didn't say that. That's just Pastor Sam's divine imagination where he went, woohoo. No, I don't know if he did that either. But here's what he did do. He said, OMG. No, he didn't say that either. But he did say this. I'll give you money for that. I'll buy, I want to buy me some of that. So where I lay my hands on people, the Holy Spirit comes upon them. I'll give you whatever you need. I'll buy that with money. And Peter looked at him. He said, you, you don't understand. You cannot buy the blessing of God with money. Money and possessions will not give you what we just gave these. In fact, he said, your money will perish with you. Understand something, you can't find life and happiness in the middle of money and possessions. In fact, I've met some folks, and I'm telling you, they tell, tell me the truth, uh, Christian people, that, that all the money they could stack up didn't bring them joy and happiness like Jesus brought them joy and happiness. And in fact, Jesus said this in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. He said, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. How many of you believe that? I don't know if you saw the news the other day. Uh, Former Mayor Bloomberg of New York, he's got some political agenda, 
and he was being interviewed, and he, he just ponied up $50 million for gun control, and he was in this middle of this interview, and something very telling popped out of his mouth uh, because they were asking him about his, you know, his capacity to give such large gifts. Here's what he said. He said, I'm telling you, if there is a God, when I get to heaven, I'm not stopping to be interviewed. I'm heading straight in. I have earned my place in heaven. Mayor Bloomberg, I, if I could tweet and he could get it, I'd tweet him this. You are sadly mistaken. Your money and possessions will perish with you. Listen, understand something. Why do we seek the living among the dead? Come on, let's be honest. Most of us spend most of our time trying to gain money and possessions. Now, how many of you know that there's nothing wrong with money and possessions? Tell somebody, there's nothing wrong with it. There's not God. In fact, the Bible says he gives us all good things to enjoy. But could I tell you something? Life and joy and peace does not come from money and possession. Why seek ye the living among the dead? Many in this world look to acclaim and accomplishment for life and peace. They think, if I can just get to this position, if I can just uh, 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 you know, get to this place of, 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 of success in life, if I can just get here, if I can just come to the place where people realize I am somebody and I can find, I, I, can, I can chisel out my place in the world and have a good positive sense of self-worth. Then, I, then I'll have, uh, then I'll be happy. Then I'll have life. Then, oh, that's what it's all about. Could I tell you that all the position and acclaim and, 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 and accomplishment you can stack up will not give you life and peace? In fact, if we had time, we could go back to the Old Testament. King Saul had it all. But King Saul had a demonic spirit harassed him. And he lived a depressed, troubled life. So much so that they had to get David the psalmist, the worshiper, to come in and play and to soothe his de demonic uh, troubles and traumas in his life. Listen, acclaim and accomplishment and money and possessions will not give you life. Why do we seek the living among the dead? Many people look... Not only to acclaim and accomplishment to give them life and peace and joy. Many look to sensual pleasures and fleshly indulgences. And could I tell you, we live in a world that has, uh, it, it's a smorgasbord of opportunity when it comes to sensual pleasure and fleshly indulgence. And we look at those things and we think, those things, they may give me life. Those things may give me peace. Those things, you ask anybody who's been down that road very long and they can testify. In fact, I can tell you in this house today, there are people that will testify to you that those things do not provide you life and peace. On the contrary, they produce death. In fact, the Bible says this in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. Everybody say, the wages of sin. The consequences of sin is death. That's where this will take you to. It's amazing to me that people keep looking for love. And righteousness and peace and joy in all the wrong places. One old preacher said it this way years ago. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Make you pay more than you ever wanted to pay. And make you stay longer than you ever thought you would want to stay. Listen, sensual pleasure and fleshly indulgence will not provide you life and peace in this life. Why do you seek the living 
among the dead. And we ponder these things. Some of us could testify to the reality of these things. How we've endeavored to find peace in the place of resources and life and joy through money and possessions, through acclaim and accomplishment and pleasure, fleshly and pleasures and fleshly delights in our life and we've come up empty. In fact, we come up in the negative because we give all we've got towards something and all it does is take from us. So I came to tell you some things about life from the Word of God. From God's Word today. I can bring you the truth. In fact, I'm going to tell you three simple things today about life and how to find life in Christ and how to allow the resurrected life of Christ to be made real in your life. The first one is this. The real source of life and joy and peace is not found in these things. It's not found in the graveyard of money and possessions. It's not found in the graveyard of acclaim and accomplishment. It's not found in the graveyard of of sensual pleasures and fleshly indulgence. Understand something. The, The life that you and I are looking for, the life that we need, listen, true life is only found in a real relationship with a resurrected Christ. True life is only found in a real relationship with a resurrected Christ. I'm not talking about religion today. Hey, let me, can I just be honest with you today? Y'all, don't, y'all would want me to be honest with you. Most people are just religious. In fact, many, let's be honest, many of you are here today because Easter is a religious holiday. And your family invited you. It's wonderful. We're glad you're here. But understand that religiosity will not give you life. The only way to find real life is through a real relationship with a resurrected Christ. Now, let me show you this. This is where I want you to turn in your Bible. This is where your fingers do the walking. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul the Apostle is preaching and he's teaching. He's revealing to us the Gospel. Everyone say the Gospel. Listen, and let me just say this. Let me just say this about what I'm about to say to you. All of eternity... All of history pivots on this truth I'm about to share with you. And it is what we call the gospel. Paul the Apostle says this in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. He said, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our what? Sins, according to the Scriptures. And that He was buried. And that He, somebody say, rose again. That he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Did you see what I just read to you? He said, here it is. Here's the message. Christ died for our sins. How many of you know he paid it all, just like we sang just a few moments ago? With his shed blood. And he was buried. And then he rose again. Somebody say hallelujah. He rose again that we might have life. Now, Now, that, my friend, is the truth. That's what I was talking about when I first started. If you don't believe that, you're in serious trouble when it comes to your search for life. Because that's where life is found. In fact, look down in verse 17. Look what Paul, he poses this question. If Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. 
And sin is what separated us all from God. And in order for us to be reconciled and have a real relationship with the resurrected Christ, we've got to believe the gospel. That is that He died for our sins according to the Scripture, that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scripture. Everybody say, up from the grave He arose. And that's the gospel. And He says, if, if, if He hasn't risen, your faith is futile. But then verse 20, somebody th- say, thank God. He said, but now Christ is risen from the dead. That, my friend, is the truth. Now, here's what Jesus said about that. John chapter 10, verse 10, he said this. He said, the thief comes but for to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But he said, I have come that you might have what? Life and have it more abundantly. Jesus said, the devil come to steal, kill, and destroy. Could I tell you, that's what this world is made of. He is the he is the one who is under, has got this world in its spell. The devil, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come. This is why I came. And so you could live so you wouldn't be dead. You see, the Bible says we're all dead in our trespasses and sins. Read Ephesians 2. We're all dead in our trespasses and sins. We're hopelessly separated from Christ. But Jesus Christ came and paid the way so you could have new life. But you have to have a real relationship with Him. He said this in John 14, 6. I, I want to read this to you. I love John 14. You know, Jesus began to... You know, most of us are a little slow. Look around. Just say, it's okay. Everybody say, it's okay. Most of us are a little slow. Jesus spent three years with these disciples and he kept telling them about the fact that he was going to die but then be risen, raised from the dead. And they were a little slow. And so he's getting down. And by the way, did you know most of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, most of them have to do with the last week of Christ, what we call Holy Week. And most of all of them deal with the resurrected Christ in the end, of course. That's the whole pivot point of all history. That's his story. And that's why he came to pay the price for sin, to bring God and man back together. And so you got to understand this. So he's with his disciples and he starts telling them, I got to go. And they start getting really nervous because they've already left their boats and nets. And they're thinking, somebody didn't got those and we can't go back. What are we going to do? And they start getting nervous and they begin, and they begin to pop questions. And Jesus said this in John 14 with his disciples, with his chosen ones. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, in the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, do not, we do not know where you're going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said this, I am the way and the truth. And the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Understand something about life and joy and peace. It only comes, it is only found through a real relationship with a resurrected Christ. Now, 
That leads me to the second statement because I don't want to leave you hanging going, well, if that's the truth, how do I get there? How do I find him? How do I, you know, you talked about seeking him. I want to know how to have a real relationship with a resurrected Christ. Well, here's statement number two. Real relationship with the resurrected Christ begins at the place of faith. Where you choose to believe what I told you a few moments ago about the gospel. That he died for you. Somebody say, he died for me. That he was buried in a borrowed tomb. Say it. Come on, everybody. Say, he was buried in a borrowed tomb. And he rose again the third day. That's the gospel. If he didn't rise from the dead, let's go play golf. If he didn't rise from the dead, what are we doing here this morning? But he did rise from the dead. So you and I could have a relationship with him. We've got to choose to believe that it's by faith. Now, one more story uh, with the disciples in John chapter 11. Jesus had friends. And one of his good friends was Lazarus. Everybody say, Lazarus. Lazarus got sick. And as my grandmother used to say, God bless her soul, she'd been gone a long time. She would say these things like this. It's old timey. I mean, if you got a little old timey in you. Her old timey was she, they didn't know why people died. She would tell stories about Uncle Joe Bob and she's, well, he just sickened and died. They don't know why. He just sickened and died. Well, Lazarus sickened and died. And they had called for Jesus because they knew Lazarus was getting sick and the sisters, Mary and Martha, knew that if, if Jesus doesn't show up, they believed. They were believers. And they believed if Jesus could come and touch him, he would, he would get well. But Jesus came in their minds a little late. And Lazarus had died, and he was in the tomb. And the sister said, Jesus, if you'd been here, Lazarus would not have died. And she said, well, he's going to live. And she says, I know he'll live in the resurrection of the last day. She had her eschatology right. She knew that one day that they would all be raised to walk in newness of life. But Jesus said this to her. Is it Mary or Martha? I think it's Martha. He said this again, my divine imagination. Martha, you don't know who you're talking to, sister. We've been this long. We've been this tight. We've been, hey, we've been going this a while. And, and you do not know who you're talking to. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes on me. Now listen, there's what we're talking about. I, he said, this is who I am. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes on me shall never die. And then he looked at her. He got up and he said this. Do you believe this? Because understand, if you don't believe this, we can't have relationship. Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life that he who believes on me is never going to die? Do you believe that? Look at, hey, let's look around. Let's just be, hey, let's just, let's just get this out in the open. Look around to, do you ask somebody, do you believe that? Come on, do you believe this? Is this really true? You see, this relationship that we have to have in order for life to have, it has to come at the place of faith. In fact, Ephesians says this, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says this, For by grace you're saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. 
Did you know God's given us all a measure of faith? Some of you, it took great faith to just come in here and sit down. Whew. I got 15 minutes. I think I'll make it. It begins at the place of faith. Let me give you four thought, two thoughts, really, about this. Everyone say, hear and believe. Now, Romans chapter 10 is full of the message of the gospel. But let me, let me kind of break it down for you in a way you can understand it. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Everyone say, Faith comes by hearing. When you hear, and I hope today you're hearing the gospel. What's the gospel? He died for my sins on Calvary's cross. Somebody say amen. He, he, he paid for your sins. See, hey, he was hung up for your hang-ups. And, and let me just say, we all got a few hang-ups. He was hung up for your hang-ups. You're on your way to a devil's hell. In a hurry. And he came. That's why he came. So you could have life. So he paid the price for your sin. That's the gospel. And they buried him in a borrowed tomb. Three days later, he rose from the dead. And so you and I could have new life. And so that's what I've been preaching. I hope you're hearing that today. Because faith, what is necessary to get you in right relationship with God, comes when you hear it and begin to believe it. He looked at Martha and he said, Martha, I got to know something, hon. We've been at this a while. We're tired. Do you believe I'm the resurrection and the life? If you don't believe, we're in trouble today. In fact, rewind. Everybody rewind. Go back to Luke 24. I didn't mention this. Luke 24, when the ladies went to the tomb, there were three kinds of people there. When they left the tomb, they believed. When they got back to the hideout, most people did not believe. We didn't read that, but they're going, oh, ladies, what have y'all been smoking? And they did not believe. So there were believers and non-believers. But then there were some, like Peter, who said, I'm torn, I'm in a quandary. I believe it, but I don't believe it. i got to see this. And he ran to the tomb. And he looked in the tomb, and there were the, 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 the cloths folded neatly, and no Jesus. He believed. You see, if you, if you don't believe this, you can never have life in Christ. You hear it. And some people, oh, maybe so. I don't know. Well, let me just ask you, how has all those other things been working for you? You're on a search for life, I, I promise you. Nobody's just here going, oh, who cares, life or I don't know. No, you're looking for something. You're looking for, and, and, and why do we keep seeking the living things among the dead things? you got to hear and believe. Everyone say, hear and believe. If you want a relationship with the resurrected Lord, you've got to hear it and you've got to believe it because faith is how you get into the presence of God. Faith is how you are born again into the family of God. For by grace you are saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. And, and so it comes by hearing. And then the next two words is confess and yield. 
Everyone say confess and yield. Romans 10.9 says this. Romans 10.9. Everyone say Romans 10.9. Romans 10.9 says this. If we confess with our mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, we shall be saved, which means we'll have life and relationship. I'm going to say it again. If we confess with our mouth, that means we believe this enough that we declare it. What do we, do? What do we confess? Jesus is Lord. In other words, there's a new sheriff in town. And let me tell you something today. If you want to, if you want to get to heaven, if you want a relationship with the resurrected Christ, if you want the life that He has, you've got to allow Him to be the Lord and the leader of your life. You can't live like the world and expect to come traipsing into heaven like old uh, Mayor Bloomberg thought he could do with his money. I'm not even going to get interviewed. I'm just passing right on in because I've been so good. You can't get to heaven that way. You gotta confess him as the Lord and the leader of your life and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you shall be what? Saved. And you'll have life. But I came to ask you, just like the angel asked those ladies. If that's true, and it is, why do we seek the living among the dead? Hello. I pray the light comes on. Let me give you one more thought. Then I'm going to pray for you. Real relationship with the resurrected Christ provides a resurrected life. A new life. A new life that has Jesus as the Lord and the leader. Isaiah 53. Let me just read this to you. And I want to show you something as we close today. I want to show you the power of the resurrection. Now this is a prophetic declaration written many, many years before Jesus ever came to planet earth. And it says this, Who has believed our report? There's faith again. Even in the Old Testament. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Now let me just pause and tell you, the prophet here is talking about Jesus. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. In other words, hey, he doesn't get life from this life. He got life from another life as a root out of a dry ground. He had no form or comeliness that we should see Him. There was no beauty that we should desire Him. He was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. He was bruised, battered, and scarred to pay for you and I's sin. So you and I could have new life. He said he was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our face from him. He was despised, he, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. See, understand something. Life is found in him. He carried our sorrows. 
He was smitten of God and afflicted. Catch this verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. In other words, He took care of our sin problem that separated us from God. He was bruised for our iniquities. Those things that just haunt us and hang us up. The chastisement that was needed for us to obtain peace was upon Him. And by His stripes, we're all healed. You've got to understand something. Real relationship with a resurrected Lord provides a resurrected life. Now, one more passage and then I'm going to pray for you. Go back to Romans 6. Paul figured this out. Uh, he, was a very, he was a religious guy, but he wasn't a righteous guy until he met the resurrected Christ. And he says this in verse 4 of chapter 6. Catch this, we're going to close, I promise. He said, therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism unto death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Why can we have new life? Because of what He did for us. And He came and died for you so you could live. We live and die. He died to, He, he, he lived to die. Amen. We're dead in sin and we live. He came and lived and then died so we could come forth from the dead and live. And so this morning, let me ask you this. Why do you seek the living among the dead? I read Romans 6.23 to you earlier, but I only gave you the first part. He said, for the wages of sin is death. But catch this. The free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He is risen. I said, He is risen. Do you believe this? Because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Now we've got a couple of options here. In the next four minutes. Option number one. Tune out. And wait till next Easter. Or hear what the old preacher's saying. I believe that. And I want life. I want Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to ask no one to move around, no one to leave. We're just about done. But I came to ask you, just like the angel asked those little ladies who had good intentions, why do you seek the living among the dead? Money and possessions, it's a graveyard. A claim and accomplishment, though, hey, all these things in and of themselves are not evil. But if we make them the, our life, they will lead us down a road of sorrow. Sensual pleasures and fleshly indulgences, it's a graveyard. You probably already know that. True life is only found in a real relationship with a resurrected Christ.
And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you can say, Pastor, I know that I know that I know that if I died today, I'd go to heaven because I have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. If you have a real relationship with Jesus Christ and you know that you know him, I want you to just lift up your hand and say, that's me, Pastor, and you put it right back down. Amen. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you can say, Pastor, I kind of like some of those there in the hideout. I don't know if I believe this resurrection thing. Listen, faith is the only way you're going to step through the door. For by grace, you're saved through faith. If you're here today and you can say, Pastor, I want to, ch- I don't know him, but I think today that I want to step out on the waters and trust him for my future. I want to invite him into my life. I want to have faith enough to believe that he died for me on a cross and he paid for my sin, was wounded for my transgression, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for my peace was upon him. And by his stripes, I'm healed. He paid it all you believe that today and you want to give your life to his control and on Easter Sunday morning you can have that same new life if that's you this morning in this room today I'll not embarrass anybody but hey this I'm talking about the only way you can have life this should not be embarrassing if you're here today and you can say pastor I just don't know that he's ever really I've ever really allowed him to be the Lord and the leader of my life, but today I want to choose to trust him. Today I want to choose to believe what he did for me on the cross, and today I want to give my life to his control. I want to hear and believe, and I want to confess and yield him as the Lord and yield to him as the Lord and the leader of my life. If that's you today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, and you can say, Pastor, you got me. This is where I need. This is what I know I need today. I need him in my life. I've tried it in all the wrong places, and it led me down, and it made me stay longer than I wanted to stay and pay more than I ever wanted to pay. And today I want to give my life to Christ. If that's you, lift your hand wherever you are. God bless you, dear. Who else? Yeah, God bless you, sir. Lift your hand. Who else? Just say, I want to give my life to Jesus. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you today. Somebody else. God bless you. Who else? Lift your hand. Anyone. Let's stand together today. Because I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask no one to leave. No one to, no one to go that way. Just give me two or three more minutes. Three or four or five people lifted their hands. And I want to step down here in the middle of these beautiful lilies and just offer you an opportunity to confess Him as the Lord and the leader of of your life. In fact, the Bible says if if we confess Him before men, He'll confess us before the Father. And I'm going to pray for you today. And you that lifted your hand, guess what we're going to do? I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And we're all going to pray together. Somebody say amen. You see, it's a family affair. It's good when family can help us out. I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. And if you lifted your hand just a few moments ago, and I know, hey, I saw you. I know you did. Listen, I want you to just get bold right here. In fact, somebody tell somebody around you, let's just get bold here for just a minute. Let's don't, let's don't be fearful. Let's be bold. We're going to pray together. And, and here's what I'm going to tell you right up front. We're going to pray this prayer. And if you lifted your hand, and even if you didn't, you prayed this prayer for the first time and you asked Jesus Christ to come in your life I want you to come and stand with me right here in the altar and we're going to pray a special prayer of blessing over you and we're going to release you today in the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit in your life that's what we're going to do and so hey let's pray together I want everyone to pray with me right now everybody out loud together say thank you Jesus 
for paying for my sin on the cross. You died for me. And I thank you for that. And with your shed blood, you paid a price for my sin. I believe that, Lord. And Lord, I also believe that you rose again on the third day so I could have new life. I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord and the leader of my life. And from this day forward, I will serve you. I will follow you. And I thank you for life. I thank you for peace. I thank you for health. In Jesus' name, I receive you as my Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. I pray. Everybody said amen. Let's give the Lord of glory a great big hallelujah. Woo! Now, 